Good song this morning, guys. Appreciate that so much. If you have your Bible there, go ahead and turn to Philippians chapter number 3. We are continuing in our series on conquering the war in our minds. I hope you've had a good week and uh, everything has kind of come together for you. We're going to talk about some of those things when it doesn't. So uh, let's recap just a little bit of where we're going with this. Uh, we said that in this conquering the war in our minds, guys, if you can throw up that slide first that has all the points on there, uh, as far as all of those, if you can get to that one, it's got all the, where we're going each week. Yeah, so the uh, conquering the war in our minds, we're going to look in five areas. We looked at the situation that was um, a couple weeks ago. We'll, we'll review just in a second. Today's the mission. Today's going to be the mission. We'll get to the execution, the administration, and then the last one you see there is control. Who do we look to? So that's where we're going. So let's recap now if you can go back to that slide and and look at what was the situation that we were in. Well, the situation was we were at war, and we are at war in our minds. We battle those things daily. We have the spiritual warfare, and we said this, earthly victories in the life of a Christian are not always guaranteed. That was one of the points that we said in our situation. Another one was this, emotions are the primary weapon that fight against the mind. And then the third one was this, eternal or spiritual victories are secure and available in Christ. We have the ability to win some of those victories. So as we begin today... Have you had any battles in the past couple weeks? Have you had any darts thrown at you? Uh, Ask a question, why in the world is this happening to me? I learned something Thursday. Um, I I mow on the side, mow a little part-time. And I started out Thursday morning. It was about 8 o'clock. I tried to get started at the place I was at because it was going to be hot that day. And so... I started out, grabbed the weed eater off the truck, and I began to do the weed eating. You know, everybody loves to do that, right? And so I get about 30 minutes into it, and, you know, here you go. It stops. It stops. Okay. I have another weed eater on my truck, okay? So I tried to get it going, tried to get it going, and, and I learned something Thursday. I learned that an echo weed eater, if thrown with the right force and velocity, if you throw it this way, we'll go about 10, 8 to 10 feet. I, I learned that Thursday. So went to my trailer, grabbed the other Echo Weed Eater on my truck. And I found out that if you take that same Weed Eater and you throw it this way, it'll also go 8 to 10 feet. That one didn't work either. So I had one of those mornings. Maybe you have had one of those mornings as well too. Maybe you've Maybe you've had one of those months. (laughs) What in the world is going on? Well, today we want to talk about our mission. And and the mission is this. In everything that we try to do, we want to live in a life that glorifies God. That's our mission. We know the situation. Battles are going to come. But when we get in them, how do we say, God, What can I do in this that will glorify you? That will throw up a hallelujah, if you will. So as we know, the battle continues. And as we talk about this mind, oftentimes we'll wonder, what's my purpose? What am I going through? What's going on in my life? Am I fulfilling that mission, that, that purpose right now? 
And sometimes it sounds like this. What do I want to do with my life? Or what's God's plan for me? And if you remember, that starts back at a real, real early age at kindergarten. You were asked that question at the end of the school year and kindergarten graduation comes around and the teacher has that little form fill out. What do you want to do when you grow up? That's how it sounds when you're in K-5. So I found some K-5 responses, and do you remember what yours was? I mean, some of it's going to take a little minute to think back there, okay? But do you remember what, when you were in K-5, what you wanted to do when you grow up? One little kid said this. He said, I want to be a fireman since I like explosions and fire. <laughs> May not work well today, but anyway. One uh, kid said, one little boy said, get a girlfriend Kiss her, rule the world. <laughs> now, this one, I know when you tell stories, if you have to explain something, it's not as good. I have to do this one because this kind of up my, this, is, this was in my world, okay? One little boy or girl, their, their dads had to be, or mom had to be in some type of biological field. This little kid, now a five-year-old, said this, succeed at herptology. Now, herptology is a study like amphibians and snakes. So he said this, Succeed at herptology, have a wife and kids, and breed dragons. <laughs> that was their mission. And uh, one little boy said, when I grow up, I am seven, I want to be eight. Okay? And this was absolutely my favorite one. All right? <laughs> my dream is to work at Taco Bell with my mama. I couldn't resist that one. It was just too good. You, re you remember those, right? You go all the way back, and you remember those years, and you're like, what do I want to do when you grow up? And you're watching your parents, and then you finally, you know, what's my purpose? What's my, what's my mission in life? You know, and a lot of times, we are guilty of tying those thoughts in our mind of a purpose and what we do. We'll tie it to a job somewhere. Well, if I get that job, I'm okay. We'll, we'll tie it to an individual or a person. Man, I saw them walking by the other day. If I could just get to know who they are. We'll tie it to a place. God, if you put me here. You remember when you were little too? God, I'll go anywhere. Just, just don't send me to Africa. All right? Do anything. Just don't send me to Africa. They'll tie it to a place. And a lot of times, we will tie it to those thoughts to amount of money or a stage in life. Well, when I... When I get to my 40s, everything should be okay. <laughs> okay, no, it, it's not how it is. So a humble reminder we find in Colossians 1.16 that says this, God knows all, he creates all. For by him all things created are in heaven and the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. So this is the goal today. All these things that we battle in our mind, that we're trying to find our mission, they will come into line. They will line up when we get our mission right first, and that is to give glory to God in all that we try to do. Now let's, let's go back and talk about this mind just a second. What happens when those priorities, when we put number one, we put number five and put, it, and put it in front of number one? What happens when our mind begins to kind of spin out of control? Our situation becomes too great. The dart that's thrown injures us, okay? The battle we're in, we, 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 you know, we, 
We take a shot to the head. We're not, we're not. What happens when we get there? Our mission of glorifying God is then thwarted. It goes away. And this is what happens. This is what happens a lot of times. We get confused. And then that confuse, that confusion will lead to a frustration. Watch the progress. Frustration leads to an anxiety. And then anxiety takes you to fear. And then when your back's against the wall and the fear is so great, we act or we respond in a way that we wouldn't normally do, but our mission's off point. Our mission's off point. So today, our goal is to find out how to stay on task with our mission, and that is to glorify God. Now look, we have a creator who is worthy of this. Revelation 4.11 says this, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things for thy pleasure they are and were created. We have a worthy ruler. We have a worthy king. But will we act that way when the spiritual warfare takes us away from our mission? So let's look today. We are created for his purpose, for his glory. So let's look in Philippians chapter number 3. And let's find out what Paul said about trying to stay on track in our mission. Start at verse number 8. Start at verse number 8. Paul says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung as, as refuse, as rubbish, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ." the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead, verse number 12 says this, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, mature, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, I may hold on to that which for Christ also I am apprehended of Christ. I want to hold on to him as much as he's holding on to me, verse number 12. Verse number 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Very, very popular verse, if you would say that, common verse in Philippians chapter number 3, verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then verse 15 says this, let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, <clears throat> be mature, be mature-minded, be thus-minded. If anything be otherwise, if it's not mature, notice what God said he's going to do. God shall reveal even this unto you. Let's pray before we get into our points today. Father, we thank you for your word, God. I pray that you would help us this morning as we are going to try it out, how to find out to stay on task, to stay on our mission and that is to glorify you, and no matter what happens in our life, whether it's a valley, whether it's a mountaintop, where it's a quiet time, Lord, where it's in the middle of chaos, <clears throat> God, we ask that you would help us in this mission, that you would help us today, God. We pray that, Lord, your word would go to ears, Lord, that are ready to hear and ready to listen to what you would have for them this morning. In your name we do pray. Amen. 
So how do we do that? As we read Philippians, the first thing I think we need to do and need to look at is this, is number one, we need to have a singular focus. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, this has happened, men, husbands, um, I, I, there's one place I don't, and you can ask my wife, I don't care to go to, and that is a grocery store of any shapes. I just don't, I don't care to go to them. I like food, don't get me wrong. I just don't like to go to the grocery store. I just, I don't know where stuff's at, okay? I have to look at those signs all the time, you know, where's all this stuff at? And so, this is what happens sometimes. So, you give us the objective, milk, bread, eggs. That's all I want. That's all I need. That's all I can think about when I'm going to food line, milk, bread, eggs. Milk. And I have, to, I have to get it. I get it in my mind. I get it in my mind. Milk, bread, eggs. I'm good. I'm locked in. Well, about halfway from getting there, you call, and then you take us off course. You call us, and you say, hey, can you give me some of those beef bouillon cubes? You know, and I'm thinking, what's a beef bouillon cube? Is that even a thing? Is that real? And so here you are, what, what, milk, bread, eggs, okay? And then you throw in a beef bouillon cube at me. And so I get to food line, and I forget about the milk, the bread, and the eggs. And I'm looking for a, I, don't, I didn't know that exists. I'm looking on the sign, beef bouillon cube. Can't, can't find it anywhere. And our focus is gone. Guys, we're finished. You end up calling her back and you say, can you tell me that list one more time? And she says, I only told you one thing. <laughs> You've heard it before. Beef bouillon cubes will do it every single time. We need to have a singular focus. It doesn't take us too much to get off track. Look at verses 12 through 14 in our text today. Verse number 12, in, in having this singular focus, Paul says this. Verse number 12 not as though I had already attained. Paul says, look, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I can't get it right all the time. But he says this, not as though I'd already attained. Either we're already perfect, but he's trying. But I follow after that if I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended. He's trying. He has a mark. He has a goal. He's pressing toward it. There's a purpose in front of him. And he's trying his best. That, that, that phrase there, that if I may apprehend, gives the idea of Christ literally holding on to Paul. And Paul's desire was to hold on to him. As hard as it may be sometimes, we, when we, we're in our situation, when we're on our mission, our focus gets a little bit off. We've got to hold on to what he has done for us. I found a quote you've probably heard of this pastor before, Pastor Tony Evans from Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas. I know that's maybe a little bit hard to read, so hopefully you can see it. But he said this about becoming a Christian and keeping a, a singular focus. He said this, to become an excellent Christian and fulfill your kingdom purpose, he said, you must have a short memory and a clear direction. It's not that you don't remember the past, it's that you don't allow the past to be a controlling factor in your life. This was a, this was a pretty, good, pretty good thought. He said, don't spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror. A much bigger piece of glass called the windshield should have your focus because you're going, where you're going is a lot bigger than where you've been. 
pretty good thought. Don't spend too much time looking back. Glance back every now and then to remember. But, man, you got the windshield of life in front of you. What an awesome thought. So when your mind begins to distract and you become derailed, you got to remember the goal. Remember in verse number 14, Paul was bearing down. He said, I press toward. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Literally, this is an upward calling. you got to stay focused. You have to have a singular focus. James 1.8 is a pretty good reminder. It says a double-minded man is, what's that next word? Unstable. He is unstable in all his ways. So the next point brings us to this. You'll see a progression today as we move from point to point. You've got to have a singular focus. Don't let the beef bouillon cube get you off track. But look at number two. Look at number two. With a singular focus, you've got to have, which hopefully should lead you to have a solid foundation. Verse number nine says this, and be found in him if you're trying to hold on to and you're trying to get your mission don't you want to be found in him and what he's doing Paul says not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith being found in in him Hebrews 10 23 reminds us let us hold fast to the profession of faith without wavering For he is faithful that promised. God is not a God that wants us to waver and wander. He wants us to get a solid foundation found in him. So when your mind, so when a situation comes up, the dart is thrown, the javelin is thrown, it begins to race out of control, my question to you is this. Where then do you find your comfort? Who or what do you look to to comfort you when your foundation gets a little bit unsteady? You know, a lot of times we try to run to our bank. Well, it's not enough in there. Remember, God is the sustainer. He is the one that gives. It'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy. I'll be, I'll be happier if I have more money. What about this one? I just, you just run from place to place. And a lot of times people will do this in church. Well, this church doesn't do it for me. This wasn't do, and we're looking at the things around us rather than the one <laughs> who's supposed to be taking care of the issues. They just don't understand me. What about my friends and my family? Man, they just don't, they don't understand my circumstances. And we look to everything around us, and the last thing we look to is who? God. That's the, it's like he's our, well, okay, God, I've tried everybody else, and I'm going to run to you. We try everything else before we go to him. Our foundation can get a little shaky. Listen to this story. Thomas Teague, CEO of Direct Relief, it's a California-based charitable organization that helps disaster victims. He recalls the morning of January 9th of 2018. He was relaying what happened to another colleague over the phone, and he said, literally, it, ha- it was in my front yard. This CEO watched in the coming darkness of night as two vehicles in his front yard were swept away by a river of mud and debris flowing down the streets of Montecito, California. 
as the morning kind of uncovered even a more horrific scene, they found a body that was actually pinned against his neighbor's home by a wall of mud. See, what happened was that the mountains lining this little, this south, southern California town had given way under a short-lived but torrential downpour of an overnight storm. The destruction of this mudslide was absolutely devastating. Boulders the size of houses, ravaged homes, mud rivers were measured at 15 feet deep, and houses were just splintered two-by-fours. The Montecito mudslide left 23 people dead and many without a place to call home. Would you say their foundation was shook that day? Would you say the people of Montecito's places were literally broken up? So, when was your last mudslide? Did you have one this week? Did you find yourself wondering, God, I even hate to say it, but we do it. God, why? I found myself doing it this past couple weeks. So here's the question. Where did your mudslide leave you? Or maybe this is the better question. Who does it make you turn to? That's the bigger question. When you wash off all the mud, get off all the dirt, what are we doing? What are we saying? Are our actions meeting what our words are saying? Does the path that we think's the best, but is it really God's path? Are we staying on our mission? Do the motivations of my heart reflect what's coming out of my mind? We need a solid foundation. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be careful putting too much stock in what the mind is saying, but put it in what your eyes should be reading. His word is a light for our path. So, number one, we need a singular focus. Number two, we need a solid foundation. And number three, once again, here's the progression that should cause us to have a stabilizing faith. Singular focus, solid foundation. Now your faith becomes stable. In verse number 10, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. This is not a speculation. This is not a guess. This is a know him. It's a stabilizing point. Paul says you can have a fuller, richer experience in the knowledge of who he is. Literally, a knowledge that will embed your faith. As Paul said, sufferings and trials and situations are going to come. They're going to stabilize you. He said Christians are to live though like those who died with Christ and have been raised to a newness of life. Romans 6 
verses 4 through 8 says this, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like his Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For I've been planted together, we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, and we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve it. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So are we living as a Christian that has a stabilizing faith? Are we are we giving that to other people? Are we trying to do that? If we understand our mission, giving glory to God, we'll be careful about how we live and what we let other people do to our lives. Are you careful? You know, staying busy is a good thing. A lot of times when we are not busy and we have quiet time, our, our mind begins to roam and we allow things in that we normally wouldn't allow in. We have to be careful. Who do you get advice from? Who are you taking counsel from? Another thing that could destabilize your faith. What about those you hang around? Are they pointing you, helping you bring glory to God, or are they taking you further away? Hmm. It's just something to think about. Who speaks into your life on a daily basis? Who do you allow in? Do they stabilize you or they destabilize you? Guys, forgive me, but Wednesday night, and I, I couldn't get away from this illustration. We're trying to, our mission's bringing glory to God. Wednesday night in our study, we talked about worship. Matt, I couldn't get away from that illustration about David. Definition of worship was this, a right response to who God is or giving back to God what is rightfully his. Worship and giving glory to God should be a lifestyle. Matter of fact, it says a lifestyle of worship is the way in which an authentic disciple shows God his gratitude. And we talked about David. We talked about people who were giving praise to God, and one was David. David was so excited to give praise to God. Do you remember what he did one time? He actually danced. Let me illustrate. No, I'm just kidding. So he danced. This is what they said. This is a king, okay? This is a king. The ark had made it to Jerusalem. And it says, remember that at this time David was the king of all Israel? Some would even say that, his, that this behavior was not suited for a king, that he was ridiculous and undignified. But David did not care. This was worship. Listen to this. This was worship without limits. Something he was offering up to his Lord out of an overflow of love and gratefulness for the goodness of God. Nothing would stop him. Not the people who thought he looked silly or even his self-consciousness. And it says this, how amazing it is to worship this way, giving glory to God this way. It is without reservations. It was without limits. Without a care in the world except to show the proper worship to the one who deserves everything we have to give. I'm guilty many times of not offering up worship that way. We look around and what's people going to think? You worship that way, it'll stabilize your faith. It'll ground you deeper. 
1 Peter 5, 10 says this, But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you, stable you. How about it this morning? How's your faith? Stable? I want to have that kind of faith. I want to be able to represent that type of faith. Lastly this morning, singular focused, stay on track. And there's my mind. Singular focus. What's the second one? There you go. Thank you. Solid foundation. Solid foundation. Number three, a stabilizing faith. And number four, this is where it leads us. It leads us to a sovereign father. A sovereign father. A God that is all-powerful, who knows everything, who has everything in control, And you know what we do? Sometimes we think our way is better than his way. There was a coach that I faced several, several years when I was at school there. And uh, I would hear him say this. it's It's a good line. It's a good line. He would say this, fake a pass to make a pass. You know, a lot of times our days... We have to fake it a little bit, don't we? We have to put on a good face. We don't understand what's going on. We, find, we get a phone call that morning, and our faith begins to be a little bit shaky, and we got to go into work and fake it. we got to go in and smile and put on a brave face. But at the end of the day, we have a sovereign Father. Look at verse number 15. He says, Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be mature, be thus minded, let us be mature minded. And if anything, you be otherwise minded. If there's anything else that comes up, God shall reveal even this unto you. God is going to let you know. Aren't you glad that He knows all things? That He takes care of? He knows exactly what we need. You're very familiar with this pastor, this preacher. His name's Adrian Rogers. He had a quote. He said this, Friend, you'll be a happy person if you'll just resign from being God and let God be God. There are certain things you will never understand until you get to heaven. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. He says that is God's sovereign will. He said not a blade of grass moves without his permission. Man, I'm thankful for that. I'm glad he knows. I'm telling you, because I get myself in some situations and some, my mission gets off, but I'm glad he knows. Hebrews 12, 2, man, it says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despise the shame and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. He's our sovereign father today. As we bow our heads, close our eyes this morning, you're going to have some situations. It's going to happen. Battles are going to come. 
Don't let your mission get off track. Everything that happens should point us to glorify who God is. So how are you doing with that mission this morning? Are you staying focused? Are you giving God the glory when situations arise, no matter what it is? Are you resting in his solid foundation? Are you taking into consideration his word before anybody else? What about your faith? Are you established in your faith? You're not wavering. You're not wondering. And what about this? Are you trusting in God's sovereign plan for your life? He knows everything. He's all-powerful. And believe me, He receives all the glory that He is due when you do that. Matt, if you'll sing.